Before we start the Dharma talk, I'd like to thank everyone who has contributed to this community, this mandala. Thank you so much for all of your help and support in the last few days, in the last few months, few years, all over. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And today's uh, talk title is About Enlightened Society. That's something uh, that has been talked about by my teacher, the uh, Vidyadara Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche in his Shambhala teachings, very much emphasizing that. And of course, uh, Alan Anderson and uh, Milwaukee Shambhala Sangha invited uh, me, us, to join and uh, talk about that. Uh, when was it last Friday? That went pretty well, I think. Went okay. So I thought maybe we could continue that. I was going to say a few words about that. And then uh, please, uh, uh, questions would be good. So, first of all, a society, a community, is a group of people, an organization, uh, a culture, a tribe. It can be seen in so many different ways. There are other words that might describe that very well. Enlightened, there's another word. Enlightened would be kind, loving, uh, beneficial, uh, supportive. And my uh, three words that I came up with a while back for our community is CCC. CCC, the first one is very important. Communicate. And the next one is cooperate. If you're communicating, you probably can cooperate. And if you can cooperate, then when things go this way or that way, or there seems to be a project happening where someone needs your support, your help, your encouragement, uh, just your eyes on the situation, uh, collaborate on that situation. You'll find that is is very mutual uh, dynamic. The whole idea of enlightened means basically sane, no more warfare. And if you're still at war in yourself, I'm not saying that the war in yourself has to be against yourself. It could be a war in yourself where you hate somebody else. You don't like them. You don't like what they're doing. You don't like how they're acting. And you're not about to put up with that. <laughs> well, that's not, uh, that might work in the, eighth grade or fourth grade, but for uh, fully grown adults, that's uh, you wouldn't have to be enlightened, just be reasonable. Respect other people's confusion, even though their confusion is making a mess in your mind stream by the way they're functioning, the way they're acting. They're not being this way, they're not being that way. <clears throat> so some kind of cooperation and my understanding is the way we're working on that situation here is just let's get some basic sanity in this tiny sangha, sangha or community. Let's get some basic sanity where, where there's fundamental um, appreciation. Appreciate, appreciation doesn't mean you appreciate uh, something that's valuable. No, you appreciate everything. Everything has to be included in that. Not easy to do that when your own mind stream is preventing you from seeing what in the hell it is. Does it look like I'm angry? Yeah. I get angry a lot. So look out. I'm not worried about my feelings. And if you're worried about your feelings, if you're trying to control who you are, who you think you are, circles, circles, circles. Even if you're totally correct about that and you have proof right over here, that person said that, did that, and 
you know, or I was treated this way when I was 15, so therefore, therefore, therefore. I'm not saying that, that, is, that we haven't been treated bad or that we haven't been not given a, what is the word, a fair shake course. But the way to work with that is to, uh, to look at it, observe that, see how that's what, find out what the logistics, the mechanics of that confusion, how that actually works. This is what the Buddha Dharma and its provisional teachings has been doing for centuries. The Four Noble Truths, the Eightfold Path, the Twelve Links, the, the, um, the five skandhas and, and the three marks of existence, the four marks of existence, the six realms, the three realms, on and on trying to give us some kind of a structure where we can look and see that it is the passion, grasping, aggression, pushing, and ignorance or ignoring that is propelling, encouraging, validating, that aspect of consciousness that we call ego or narcissism or curled up into a, a ball of protection like a trunker and Pache used the, the idea of a, or the image of a cocoon where we're protecting ourselves. So we can't just think our way into enlightened society and have a, uh, a community or a sangha without looking at what the confusion itself we have to look at the confusion look right at the confusion without pushing it away without explaining it passion without um ignoring certain aspects of it um distracting ourselves away from the difficult areas into something else that's easier to work with projecting onto it and try to try to fat uh fix uh fix or heal or smooth over our projection of it. You have to see what it is fundamentally, because if you're just working with a projection, then it's just a, it's just a structure. You're just going around and around. It's circular, called samsara. It's getting better, it's getting worse. Well, for a while it was getting better, but now it's getting worse. The actual worst part, the actual difficulty part is what you need to look at, not, how successful you are at getting rid of that or healing that or fixing that. It's a spiritual path. It has mundane aspects to it that are very important, but it is a spiritual path of transcendence, of seeing your true nature deeply, not just your personality. It's beyond personality. It doesn't mean the personhood will go away, like your ego will disappear. It may get stronger as you see how unreal it is. But it is possible for consciousness to operate, to function with the vocal cords, with the thinking process, without there being a central authority anywhere. So I have some questions. What's the role of monasticism in an enlightened society? I'm very opinionated there, you might say, having practiced this for a number of years. I would say the role as I see it is to be not to go to the mountaintop or go into a monastery and isolate and lock the doors and keep people out or have a bunch of secrets like has been done in ancient times. That is not incorrect. The, the culture was the way it was. It needed to be worked the way it did. And it can continue to do that as far as I'm concerned. And I might be concerned. I might not be. 
that the role as I see it is to, to have a center where some of the people in the community actually work on their minds uh, directly, simply with uh, our, our model for this is the three jewels, the teacher, the Buddha, the teaching, the Dharma, and the community, the Sangha, come together and work together no matter what, no matter what. No matter what happens, we're going to return to this as we did all through the whole month of uh, February. We return to the wall. We return to what's, what is uh, happening in the mind stream. What's happening there? Not why it's happening or any, nothing but just what is that? What is that? So the role is to to have a, a center that is where there's a, a, maybe not total sanity, but at least the intention there is to see the truth, not just to control people, not, not, not a cult. It might look that way to people who are not involved in it. But a cult is where, where somebody's controlling everything. She's on buying dessert a basic understanding that an individual needs to have in order to participate or to function in an enlightened society? I think it would be different with various people. I don't know. It's, it's pretty overwhelming looking at it. I think the main thing for all of us to focus on, along with the idea of an enlightened society, is to first find out who this is, because if there's covered up or misunderstood uh, functioning in the consciousness, then, then that's going to um, create chaos. If we don't, we need to be responsible for how we feel, but that doesn't mean there's a personhood that is there that is responsible. Consciousness itself is responsible, has the ability to respond to everything more. She is unbowing. Is there a way to work with interactions or the society part to understand the apparent personhood better? My way of talking about it, uh, and this could be will be different and uh, different levels and different uh, people with different dynamics that are going on with them. But as much as you can receive, listen to others, listen to what they're saying without without moving away from what they're saying into what you think they're saying. Have a willingness to not know, to listen to someone, what's happening with them, how they're feeling, what's going on, rather than come in with advice or some way to work with that. I mean, if they, if they ask you for some help, maybe you will have some things to say to them. But listening and receiving what is happening from others is very, very important. Go ahead. Jeez, I'm going. Um, what is it to receive somebody in the midst of our own projections bowing? Look, if you're doing it, it won't necessarily feel like success. If you're looking for success, if you're looking for a validation, those kinds of things uh, may show up, they may not. But you're not concerned with being right uh, as opposed to being wrong, the right kind of communication, the right kind of receiving rather than the wrong kind. You're not into right and wrong. If you're into right and wrong, on any level, even the ones that are that are it's it's um, the ones that are more obvious, 
where we grasp and hang on to some kind of validation that reifies uh, and, and uh, supports the, the false identity, that, that part of the consciousness that is unreal from the point of view of showing up as a person that wants this, doesn't want that, agrees with this, and disagrees with that. <clears throat> More? Jeez, I'm bowing. Is there a way to begin to prioritize the community or the society over one's own demands, bowing? I think it's just a matter of the process of continuing to return. That's why we talk about it that way. We return to the, the practice. We return to... Uh, the teacher, we return in our mind stream to what is being taught, what we've been studying. There's nothing is separate. Everything is dependently arisen. Profound teaching coming from ancient times. Anything that shows up as a singularity is not a singularity. That, that's, that's the illusion that it seems like something over there, starting with our own body-mind complex. So start with the mind. Start with your own mind when you sit down, as we did for the last month, uh, every day for 28 days. We didn't sit the entire thing, but the schedule was, was there that if you, does anyone, did anyone sit the entire eight hours a day for 28 days? Anybody want to brag? Did you sit that every, every, every hour? I did, but I missed uh, my tree you met so what? Missed the Maitri Bhavana oh. portion. Of those so I would say you probably sat the whole thing. So are you enlightened? No? Not sure? Everyone here is smiling, so I have an idea whether you are or not. So enlightenment is not a conclusion. It's not a state of mind. If there is enlightenment, it is mind. It's not separate from anything even though there's a body-mind complex that is still functioning as a so-called individual. Am I making a claim? No. That's the opposite, you could say, to claim anything. So, more? You said before not to take our confused mind out into the world. I did. Is that what you're about to do? <laughs> I don't know. How do how do I see that or without just never saying much? Well, don't say much, but see what happens in the mind stream. Just witness your own mind stream going this way, going that way, and just don't get on the wagon. Watch the wagons go this way and that way, but don't join anything. Don't refuse anything, and don't ignore. Those are the three poisons. That's the practice as I see it. Bien. You said uh, with no central authority. I'm wondering yeah. how do we how do we be our own authority in that enlightened society? Cooperate with the authority that's in every individual. How do you share authority? So fundamentally, there is no authority. That's a misunderstanding. Though sometimes people are situationally are in positions where. They're the go-to person for that, for that situation. Just like in a book study, there's a facilitator and he or she or they are there and they're, they know what their function is and they, they proceed in that way. They facilitate so that people can study that particular material, but they don't necessarily teach as the authority. 
Whereas the teaching person, if they if you become a teacher, as you've heard me say many times, don't teach unless you unless you have to, unless I tell you to. If you're a student of mine, then I can say you need to take this topic and, and sit up here and tell people about it. Some people sometimes people refuse to do certain things. Does it make them bad? Not really. Just wrong. <laughs> no, I'm just saying it. I'm not picking on you particularly, but I'll do that. Let's save that for later. Onabai, Prakash in Nepal would like to know why there is why is there a sense of <clears throat> separation and how this sense will disappear? Why is there a sense of separation? Or just the attachment to bodies. Uh, that we're we are encouraged by our society and by our culture to be over here from childhood on uh, we're, that's reinforced that we're all separate beings i'm not saying that every culture does that some cultures have a lot more openness in that area just culturally so that you can not be all wound up in uh, what we call the ego and so what was the last part of it? Will it How will the sense disappear? It, it disappears when we see that it's unreal and it's a, it's manufactured and supported by hope for something better, second noble truth, wanting something better, and fear of something worse. Still, same thing, just fear, fear that we don't hang on to a self and pr promote ourselves and protect ourselves in that way. So, and how will it disappear? By looking at, at the, what's called the, the walls of the mind and we start out by just sitting down holding very still sit in a symmetrical posture as you've heard me say several hundred times and just watch the movement of the mind so that you eventually see that the consciousness that is observing is not a person it's, it's empty of personhood but that's that's a concept of course as i'm saying it but if you see what it is even that you realize that empty of personhood concept or idea or teaching it's just an arrow. It's pointing at it, but it's not what you're pointing at. It's not that. And at the same time, I mean this, at the same time, what is being pointed at and that which is doing the pointing are also not separate. So it becomes a, a labyrinth of a matrix or a, a warp and woof of, of relative truth coming together that makes it look like it's very convincing that this is true and this is false. And we we go to war over it. We kill each other. As I've said before, the reason we don't get contacted by aliens is they're quite disturbed by why we would kill our own kind. That's an odd thing for a living being to do is kill one another. Shadow bowing. How does an enlightened society include those who aren't practicing mind training? Bowing. Gently. In, in, the, in the world the way it is here, there's so much conflict and there's so much, it's not all just table pounding conflict where somebody's right and somebody else is wrong. It's very soft, very sweet people, kind, loving people who love their families, love their children, uh, will vote for crazy, insane people because of the charisma involved and because that helps them. They feel protected by that to side with that particular dynamic, even though a uh, little bit uh, of closer uh, appearance, uh, looking or investigation might show that they're 
uh, about to be swamped by whatever dictator. That's what dictators do. If you look at most one of the famous ones is Hitler. Look at the way he mobilized by creating an enemy. But the Jews, there's no need to go into that. And I'm not a historian, so I can't tell you exactly how it developed, but it looks like uh, people join that type of thing out of fear. More, please. Actually, just for context, for questions I might ask about it, it do most of your students work full-time, part-time, or what would you say? I mean, I, I'm not asking for statistics. I'm just curious. It varies. I, I really don't know unless they bring it to me, and then I might not remember unless I ask again. So some people are retired. Uh, some people are have part-time jobs or 20 hours a week. I would call it part-time. Some people like you work full-time. Don't you put in a good 40-hour week? Yeah. And then you endeavor to practice as much as you can. So I've actually done that. Uh, all through the 70s and 80s and well i don't know how many years but a little over 30 years worked full-time and practiced also so but i didn't have the support of a monastery i didn't have the uh, the support of people who were were dedicating their life to this they were more of a you know they meditate when they can and they might get together in a group and study a book go ahead so goodbye. I just heard you say you didn't have the support of people who are dedicating their life to this. Is there two separate things, working full time and dedicating your life to this? No, I didn't mean that. I just, I'm just saying I didn't. You're, you're working full time, but you also have a place where there's a building. There are buildings that are totally dedicated to this practice. And I think you're sewing a robe to become a monk. Isn't that correct? No. How's that going? I haven't found a lot of time for it. Yeah. Well, why would you even do such a thing? I mean, just first thought, best thought. But why would you even, why do you want to be a monk? Why? There's nothing else to do. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll receive that as a response and answer. More? That's a good volume. What is the role of work for an enlightened society? Well, <laughs> we're, we're going to have to do something. In, in other cultures, uh, the, because the spiritual path is different, uh, where the, the community would su support the uh, um, a monastic community in ancient India, Tibet. Tibet was actually run by a, the, the, the Dalai Lama. The different incarnations was the political head was there. So in our situation, I don't know, how does it look to you so far? That's one thing I was looking at is it's obviously a, it seems like a smaller percentage of people who are supporting the monastic life. But I was wondering what that difference is. I've heard you say before, you know, society used to support the monastic path. Okay. How is society not doing that right now? I mean, are, isn't that how we're doing this? I think so. I'm just saying that the uh, it's everything is so much different. They didn't have Zoom. <laughs> but uh, today, I thank people for helping us and and ask people for more help to keep us going so we can continue to do this and create a mandala or a center where people can come out of the high school, as I've sometimes talked about, three blocks away where I went to school uh, 60 years ago. Uh, people can walk out of there and have some kind of a uh, um, an opportunity to, to be into a, come into a, 
a society, uh, all, all small uh, though it may be, where the primary uh, situation here is to is to help people and to to train our minds to to be clear and what be kind and be respectful to people, communicate with people, rather than uh, join some kind of an organization where someone's trying to control you. So, and so we get various kinds of help from the. It seems like we get enough help to keep going, and it's, it's it's very situational. So it's every person on the screen here is in a different. Some people are retired. Some people are still working full time. Uh, some uh, people who are uh, and everyone's doing different kinds of ways of of supporting themselves. Much different, maybe in, than in ancient times, where there are only a few kinds of jobs or careers. More. Is it possible to become too dependent on Sangha or the Three Jewels for practice? It's possible to become too dependent on anything. So yes, you could say that. But each, person's, each person brings their own confusion and clarity to the path. So that has to be included and respected. That doesn't mean that we, we're not going to vote on anything. We'll talk about it. We might even go into some kind of consensus about what should be done. But voting uh, just covers things up and it divides it up and it makes it easier. You want it or not? Should we or shouldn't we? So bring that to me and, and I'll I'll work with that as as the what the leader. And how will I work with that? I have no idea. I don't really think much. I don't think ahead of time. and I rarely plan. That doesn't mean that I don't have plans, but the plans come out of the situation rather than, let's see, here's what I want to accomplish and here's how I need to move in that direction. This is very standard operating procedure for for society, for Western and other societies. That What do you want to do and what do you need to get it? So very simple in this situation. Train your mind. Study the Dharma. Study the truth that the Buddha taught 2,500 years ago. That's what we're doing. They're trying to do more. Yes, but the question isn't in here. Thank you. Sir. Shadowbowing. Do you teach merit bowing? I don't use that word. So uh, it's there. It's, it's, it has such a relative kind of structure to it. So I'm not saying it is there. Like karma. You do this, you do this, and well, karma will come around and, and bite you for you know, creating bad karma, as they say. But I don't, I, don't, I don't think it's particularly helpful to get involved in that kind of circular talking about things. And some people are very much about merit. Some people, uh, um, who was it? Was it Rockefeller that, that was giving out dimes? He, he could see the, that if you gave away, you know, you would probably get things back. Yeah, anyone know that story? This is 100 years ago or whenever it was. But would actually give away money, but not very much. Just a seed money to give away dimes to people. What does that mean? I have no idea. I don't know what he was thinking. So trying to do things so you'll have a better lifetime. That's the area that we get into merit um, somewhat. And there are other ways of talking about it. There's lots of classical ways of talking about it that you can read about. It's highly promoted to work with the mind in that way. And I think the merit is that you're here. The merit is that you are free and well favored. You're free to actually come to a place like this 
uh, join on, on Zoom and listen to a, a, a talk where someone is, is turning you back into your own mind stream rather than promoting a bunch of ideas, opinions, or political positions about things that you need to believe in. I say, don't believe, don't disbelieve, and don't ignore. And that puts you in, to use a common phrase, no man's land or no person's land, no reference point. That's difficult because when the reference point starts to fall away, especially in your personal relationship dynamics, job dynamics, family dynamics, that starts to come apart. We want to grasp. We want to blame, which is blaming is just a form of grasping because it's attribution, thinking that she, he, they caused how I feel. And untrue. Wasn't my question? Hmm? Not yet for me. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it was the oh, it was your question. <laughs> well, thank you for helping the elderly. <laughs> Go ahead. You guys are so close, I can't take apart. Go ahead. I have nothing more. Thank you. Okay. Further questions? Go ahead. Ondo Bowing, I would like to ask um, Jason's question again. How do we uh, receive with all the projections? Thank you. So apparently I didn't answer that clearly. So I'll, I'll try again. And I get uh, I get sidetracked into different dynamics. So I appreciate you bringing that back. And I'm about to tell you. What was the question again? You did answer, Jason. I just wanted to hear hear the answer again. I, I'll tell. It'll be a different answer. Probably, but I would say, watch. What do you? How do you hear the teaching? Tell me. How do I hear the teaching? Uh, just tell me what you just asked me. How do, do I you, receive? Receive through all the projections. Okay, you see the way you keep turning it down. The awareness is not about accomplishing. If you try to accomplish something, the ego is so desperate for credentials, it will come up with ways in which you're doing it correctly. That you are receiving. If you think you're receiving, probably not. That's a conclusion. Any conclusion, including the one that I'm receiving, shuts down the wisdom mind. The wisdom does not need a credential. If there's a, if you need a credential, you know, then then you have work to do. When I say if you you have work to do, I mean you need to see the way you're refusing it, and the way you re refuse it in samsara is to go in circles. I'm getting it. No, I'm not getting it. Now I'm getting it. Now I'm losing. I lost it again. If I could just hang on to that one feeling I had of when I, that one can show, that one insight into my true nature. If I could just return to that. The very nature of circles is grasping, rejecting, shutting down the three poisons. So wisdom is, there's no credential. You are completely blown out of it. You're lost. You're, you're at sea from the point of view of relative truth, but from the point of view of wisdom, not separate from anything anywhere. And the, the non-occurrence has finally occurred, which is, you are this, this is, you are this. And it won't feel particularly fancy or romantic or, oh, I'm at one with reality. I'm not saying there, there aren't some teachings that work with it that way, but I'm saying it's, it's, it's raw, it's difficult, and you can do this. And I'm here to encourage you to train your mind to see the truth. And the way you see the truth is to look at the lies. You don't see the truth by believing in. That's another, that's more of a theistic approach where 
something is higher than you. There isn't anything higher than you. <clears throat> the whole idea of height is a misunderstanding. <clears throat> More? Um, when we're with Sangha and we're endeavoring to receive, we're swamped by our projections. Uh, how can we build an enlightened society here in Sangha? You have to see that you're swamped. And you have to be responsible for that and not fix it or cover it up with solutions or protocols for how to deal with that. It's not that it's not that there aren't some things that we do that that help us with that. One of the things is to say, thank you very much. I have no complaints whatsoever and bow. At the same time, we're feeling like crap and we're being swamped by our negativity and somebody is doing something that is very, very disturbing to us or interfering or just jangling their keys every time they come into the zendo. Banging into things, not closing the door quietly, they slam, stumbling across the floor, dragging their feet. I'm making up some stuff here, there's no one doing that. But it's that kind of a thing that triggers the negativity that increases the first preconception the main preconception is that there are other people based on you feel so strong about your self-centeredness and who you are, where you're going, where you've been, and all the credentials you have about accomplishing this or accomplishing that. that we, we've used that to reinforce me, 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 so that it's that turns right into blaming, 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 or crediting. You go the other way also. More. Those questions are good. Please come. Or we have to look at the one. We have to look at the negativity. Don't cover it up, or don't fix it, or don't abandon the negativity for who, who caused it. Look at the rough, scrubby, smelly texture of the negativity itself. Let it stink. Let it be difficult. This is this is uh, the first and second noble truth. Life is suffering, and why? Because we don't want it. More? It seems like that's uh, a group of us are all doing that. How, how is that? Well, you formed a little organization where you're all doing that? <laughs> I think that pretty much describes Sangha. Yes, like Koban Chino Roshi uh, once described uh, Sangha. I didn't hear him, but I, I heard uh, of the, someone ask him about how he would describe Sangha. He says it's a garbage pit. It wasn't, all he was saying is it's people who are working immediately with their basic mind stream, then it's, it's they're very difficult and they tend to harm themselves, harm others. Not always. Sometimes that sometimes that clarity is so powerful that they don't have outflows onto others. Some people deal with negativity and don't and they, they they're responsible for the negative uh, negativity. Not the person that is responsible getting credit somehow. I'm the one who works with negativity. Why doesn't he do that? It's not that story about it. It's that you actually, finally, after all these years, you're finally able to be genuine and be the negativity that rises in your mind stream. Not as a person, but just as consciousness only, perception only, consciousness only. Not this and that, but just the perception, just the perception. Not the personhood. If that's there, it's fine. Come along, personhood. But no credential. Don't don't have a ticket to ride. You can't get on this bus. 
Or you can't get off this bus, would be another way of saying it. Kayun, why are you yawning? Kayun, bowing. I'm not yawning. I was just formulating my question and then breathed through my cheeks. Oh, I like that. Voluminously. It looked like a chickmunk. Kayun, bowing. Is there hierarchy in enlightened society, Bowen? Yes. And the hierarchy, if I may comment, the hierarchy comes out of the situation rather than, than out of voting uh, or out of appointments, although those could show up too. It comes out of what this looks like. And if, you, if there's not a person who is looking at it, and there's just a person who thinks they're looking at it and wants power and control over people, uh, if you're practicing, if you're facing a wall, if you're training your mind to see, you will not be hoodwinked by that kind of bullshit. You won't obey anybody. There's different ways of teaching this. Uh, there's in the Tibetan tradition, there's a, the, the mantra of whatever the teacher says that I will do. Um, that may have been necessary in medieval Tibet. I don't think it's necessary now. And that doesn't mean I'm correcting my teacher or anyone, I'm not correcting anyone. I'm just saying that it doesn't look like that. So I'm teaching out of how this looks. I think that if you need an authority, it will show up situationally and it will, it will tell you go this way, don't go that way. And you'll listen. And then that will, that will fade out. That person will not hang on to power. I'm very, very interested in training people for whatever time I have left as an incarnated human being to help people see what I'm looking at, and not just me, but what my teachers, teachers down through the centuries were looking at. There's no, we don't get together and vote on this. If you see it, you know. If you have doubts, you have work to do. If you have any doubt at all, any, I mean that, any doubt at all about this. The kind of confidence that arises is, it has its own power. There's no, there's no personhood there. There's no individual. Sure, I'm wearing things so you can see that I'm the, the teacher here. I'm the abbot. We use these terms uh, uh, expediently. We just need that term, so we use it. But we don't enthrone somebody. We don't, I mean, I'm not saying that that His Holiness, the 17th Karmapa, shouldn't sit on a high throne. He should. That's the cultural situation that arose. That's how they taught in medieval, medieval Tibet, and they're still doing it. And I don't think it's such a bad idea. We just aren't doing it here right now. We might next week. I don't know what's going to happen next. I don't know. Is there a next? Find out. Find out. You can do this. You can see this. If you see this, you won't, you won't see another person sitting up here. You'll see yourself everywhere, under every rock, at the top of every tree. I'm not endeavoring to be poetic. I'm just saying it's everywhere. She show You mentioned kind and kindness several times about while talking about the enlightened society. Uh, kindness seems to be setting up a polarity of not kind. What has kindness got to do at all with uh, enlightenment? But so in order to be kind, you have to see unkind. You have to see the the mean the meanness and the pushing and the warfare. You have to see that in order for there for be because kindness is already the case 
we just use it relatively uh, because we because we need to because things are set up so relative. So but you have a point. It's just that we have to work with it as it is, and it looks like a polarity. It looks like there's meanness or cruelty, and then over here there's kindness or benevolence. So those things show up uh, that way. We try to work with it as it shows up. And of course, yes, you are correct. It's it's polarized. And if you see what this is, you'll see that the you see that the uh, the meanness. This is difficult to do intellectually, and the kindness to use those two, good and bad, are not separate from each other. They are separated, sometimes intensely separated. But, but if you go to war, you go to peace. If you pick any, pick and choose anything, uh, then it creates further circularity and possibly even chaos. Did I get close to what you were looking for there, or do you, would you like to ask uh, in a different way? No, thank you. I think I understand it. Um, so just to clarify, um, if we need to be unkind, <laughs> then if the situation demands, we would be unkind, I guess, even if we are an enlightened society. Bali. I think there's, excuse me, I think there's something to be said for what you said. It's, it's just that the unkindness could show the, the fear or the, the disturbance or the anger may show up in a mind stream that is working with that directly and fundamentally. And so there may not, there may be uh, that emotion and those feelings may show up in that mind stream, but the outflow from that would be kindness. Because, it, because you would see what it is. You would see what it is. You're not separating yourself from any beating heart anywhere or any tree, any rock. You're not separating yourself anymore. Also, you're not particularly smashed into everything, so you're kind of blended with everything, like some kind of a super blender. No, your your uniqueness is still fundamentally perfect as it is, just like this kotsu. It's separate, it's separated, but it's fundamentally not separate from anything, anywhere. Just looks that way. That's called uh, illusion, if you see it, and delusion, if you believe it. <clears throat> don't believe, don't disbelieve, don't ignore. Further, Chisho? Chisho Wang, are you suggesting that the recipient of our outflow uh, should feel that it is kind? Bye. The recipient of an outflow? Yeah. Of the outflow from an enlightened society, should they feel kind? Uh, I, I don't think so. Bye. Please go ahead. I didn't catch the tail end of that. Uh, no, I was just asking if uh, you said, uh, even though we might be whatever disturbed or whatever, whatever we produce should be kind or kindness should be the way we produce. I'm asking if that kindness, if the recipient of the outflow should feel that we are being kind. Bye. Not necessarily. That that's that would be their business. The other person that you uh, seem to be indicating. Uh, ideally, yes. Everything everything you see. Uh, another way of saying it should be a teaching. If you're a student always, then everything is teaching you all the time. It is saying to you, not separate, not separate. You're not separate from any of the outflows. All of that separation has has come apart. It no longer has any substantial validation or proof that there was such a thing as separation. 
but this this is uh, happens in the consciousness, like we've been studying uh, together for quite a while here. The teachings of Vasubandhu through the thirty verses. This is what this is pointing to. There, there are not two things anywhere, and we approach that with Vasubandhu. We approach that through very powerful concepts. But the, but the insight or the, the the perception of what this is goes beyond that teaching, beyond those insights, and transcends. Uh, any polarity that shows up as kindness or you could say cruelty. Kozan Bowery. Yes, Kozan. The other night um, at the um, talk about enlightened society, they were talking about outreach. Yes. So as it regards enlightened society, what's the difference between outreach and outflows? So I think there's a similarity happening there, but if there's a strong uh, center where people are working to to clarify their own confusion so they don't put as little as possible of their own confusion on others uh, i think it's a it's a uh, you know work in progress you could say as long as it, we're working with relative truth we're li living in this world where people are doing things in different ways and one of the ways that we want to do this here is um create a space where people can be appreciated and respected, uh, like we're trying to do with the Karma House, the yoga studio, and we're trying to do with the Garuda House is the one down the way here. Uh, and there's there's lots of stories around how that's showing up or how we're working with that. Um, but I think there's there's they're very similar. Uh, you're doing anytime you anytime you reach out to do anything, it's it has it has the outflow situation. It just depends on how that. Uh, the intention behind that is the intention behind that is uh, coming out of uh, awareness and appreciation and respect for confusion. If you're trying to cover up the confusion with your good works, then we're it's a little bit more of a theistic approach, trying to fix everything, rather than a, than a uh, an enlightened approach which which respects the confusion and actually ref and how do you respect confusion? You start out with a confusion that's here, right here, this confusion. And you, you make friends with that, as uh, as the Vidyadara once said. Make friends, with, make friends with yourself. Doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to get rid of your negativity. Go ahead, Isan. Isan Bowing, I have a question about um, work and an enlightened society. Um, is it possible to engage with work, any work, whether it's farming or making car parts or coding, in such a way that it's not separate? From training the mind, well, well, probably. But look how we here we are rising in this in this particular culture and this particular timing, uh, this uh, century, and all the all the insanity that's going on. When you see, just look at the atomic weapons and look at the ignoring of uh, uh, polluting uh, the the world and uh, all the things. I don't want to go into a lot of things that are so political, uh, but global warming however you however you perceive that and so all of that has to be considered it's already pretty crazy because there's so much uh encouragement to be in competition and fight with each other and who's going to win all that polarity is encouraged in the west that's not that we shouldn't uh have some kind of have something going on like they, like games or like playing cards etc uh, but it's when the it's when we tighten down on it and we make, start making demands where we have to win. That's when it starts to get uh, 
it starts to turn uh, turn into a, uh, some kind of warfare, some kind of demand on everything. <clears throat> so I think we uh, we should be able to do all of that. Um, work for a company if you're if you're training your mind and you're working in an environment where there are 15 people who are also making car parts, as you suggested there, and uh, and as they are, you you you're at the the coffee machine or and you're you're in the midst. You've just left the the assembly line or whatever it is, and you're talking with that person. You receive that person. You listen to what they're saying, and you you don't do anything with it. If they come back and say, "What do you think? What do you think about what I said?" Then then you could respond. You've been given permission. You could say. Then you actually could say, "Well, you know, I'm I'm hearing what you're saying there, but I, I don't agree with that. Uh, that doesn't make sense to me." Then you can actually do that, and then you they might say, "Well." Well, what about it? I mean, there'd be some kind of give and take or communication with them, but it would start out with a lot of receiving. And then you would see if they're it's just like I'm functioning as a Dharma teacher, but I don't try to say open wide and shove the teachings down somebody's throat uh, unless they're a monk. And then they might get a little bit more. I might be a little bit more pushy with them as uh, as you all know, those of you who've been around here for a while. That helpful? Sambang, yes, I, because it, it, what I'm hearing is that clarity and sanity can be can be brought into any situation, into yes. work. Yeah. Oh, completely. That's what we're doing. We're not, there's no guarantee. We're just doing, it's, that's why I often emphasize the idea of intention. Just intend to do it because as you intend, if you try to plan too much, then you're, you're, you're getting too structural and too, um, it's too much of a mundane path. We don't want to avoid the mundane path, but we want to, as much as we can, as meditators, as monks, or as people who are just de dedicating their life to this, uh, this way of uh, working with their mind, uh, and then you're going to bring it into the work workplace. You, you can't help it. Uh, just like uh, if I were to ask Jen, Jen, who has been meditating for a while and works in a coffee shop, and we've talked a little bit where, uh, how, uh, you know, Jen, can you say something about that? Because that, that's something we've discussed where your, your way of relating to your, your customers and so on has changed through your sitting practice. Can you say, you know, give me a sentence or two out of that? Jen Bowling, um, I think, yeah, the last time you and I spoke privately, you gave me a tip, I think, to um, if a difficult person comes or a difficult situation maybe receive my own feelings first and then push my comfort zone a little bit with them, try to receive them a little bit. So that's been really helpful. I'm just trying to do that now. Thank you for that. That was, uh, you remembered what happened more than I did. So but that's good. And that is the, the way we just do it a little bit at a time. We, we've been receiving our own um, anger, antagonism, and so on, and we when we meet others, then we 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 try to see. Uh, quite often, the way I describe that is we meet someone, and we don't like them. We don't like to be around them. They're bothersome. But then, uh, through mind training, then you could to make a little story about it. You could say that if you continue to work with them, eventually you'll see that the reason or the motivation or the causes and conditions behind their being difficult to deal with 
it's because they have so much fear because they're afraid of their world of their life they're afraid of being alone they're afraid of not being accepted so they're always promoting some kind of me 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 and my stuff and my ideas and, and trying to get you to listen to them or or just being a, a kind of demonstrative all the time like an eight-year-old or a four-year-old would be they're always pushing their agenda about and they should they're four years old or eight years old they should be doing it's how it's called growing up uh, but when an adult does that it might be a little bit more difficult we might have to hang with them a little bit and receive and see that they're they're suffering they're not doing anything deliberately to you other than trying to protect themselves and trying to cover up that that so-called emptiness that's behind them that is so threatening and painful have to meet people in their difficulty and you won't be able to meet others in your, their difficulty if you haven't met yourself in your own difficulty you still have warfare inside that you blame on others any feeling you have that you blame on anybody else even if they actually have triggered that or you could say created that back to the wall Train your mind, see clearly. Don't let other people give you your, your identity by, uh, by your reaction to them. Find out who you are so you, are, you completely are completely confident and not based on anything other than awareness, awareness, consciousness only. You can do that. If you're listening to me, you're probably ready to at least hear it. I don't have any proof for anything. There's no evidence. There's no, there's no, there's no trail of evidence other than practice, 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 and it all just goes away. It comes away when time and space collapse, and you don't have a past or a future anymore. I mean that. Then what's the problem? Are there any further questions? Well, long bowing. Long, go ahead. Um, you spoke uh, earlier of the example of Hitler yeah. and uh, creating an enemy, and he was able to mobilize. If if you see that the enemy that you've created is your own identity, can mobilization continue to happen? Well, it will. It will probably for a while. There's always a momentum of it which I just use that word because even though you've seen pretty clearly what's going on, uh, then, then the next thing that happens to us is, is we, uh, uh, we say, well, I've been meditating, so I want this to stop. Why does this stop? I can see that I'm full of myself, or I can see that I'm deceiving myself, but still, why doesn't the, the, the identity subside? Why am I still blaming and, and jumping out of my own skin because I'm, I can't stand who I am? Uh, or else uh, I can cover it up, but then it comes flashing back. So I think it, it just takes time. Just uh, it's like an uh, image I sometimes use is we're just going up the mountain. And when you start to see what this is, you might still see what it is. And you're seeing that you're dealing with the negativity. You're falling in holes. Branches are hitting you in the eyes as you go up the mountain. The weather is bad. Uh, the, the animals around, uh, which are your thought patterns, are all bugging you and making life difficult for you. Go anyway, keep going. Realize your true nature. Realize who you are. So there's no, you have no doubt. You have no doubt about it. Let me go with uh, Navid first. And then Jishin. Navid. 
Is being awakened to the illusion of this world has anything to do with remembering anything? With remembering? Yes. Yes. Remembering anything? Yes, it does. Navit bowing. And so, like when we're in a dream and we find that, that we're dreaming, we get awakened to the fact that we're sleeping on the bed. So, is that the same thing with the real, this world? Or Yes. Yes, good one. Thank you. Bye. You're welcome. Uh, Jishin? Jishin Balink. Following what Jen just explained about her experience with receiving herself, if we always receive our projections, is it that uh, we actually always receive ourselves, not others? Balink. I, I don't know. Perhaps. I wouldn't get too structural about it. It means that we're always doing this, not others. I wouldn't divide things up too much. We're not, we're fundamentally, if you want to go down into it, we're fundamentally not separate from each other. The separations are pretty strong. I'm over here, you're over there. Uh, and there's all the separations that are happening in, in the relative world. But the area you're going into, uh, I wouldn't get too descriptive about what's happening. Just go there. Just Just look deeply by looking at the surface. Just look at the surface. And it will, if you just look at the surface, look at the wall, that will eventually come apart and you'll see the truth. And what is the truth? Not separate. Nothing is separate from anything else. Nothing has occurred. Find out. Of course, there's occurrence everywhere, but it's an, it, it is, it is an illusion. Not real. There. Strong noisy, smelly, or whatever it is, it's a dream. It's unreal. You need to see that. If you don't see that, then you'll, you'll be uncomfortable. Very. You should ask me now, well, if you do say that, does that mean you feel comfortable? Is that what you were going to ask, Daoshan? No, you had another question. I, I was going to ask if you do see that, is there more discomfort? Could be, could be, but you won't care because you're you're not going to argue with a with a with a burning tree. It's, it's a tree. It's burning. It's just burning. It's so it's hot, or it's just causes and conditions arising in your mind stream. And you see it. You see that everything that's arising in your mind stream is dependently arisen. There's no singularity. There's no self there. There's no one did it. No one's to blame for anything. It's uh, quite a relief. It's such a relief that you don't care what happens. I'm not saying you're dismissive of it, but you you actually see that this is the illusion. You actually see that you, you you're just here. It's just presence. The past and future are an illusion, although they can be proved. I mean, I'm slowly getting older, and eventually I will keel over. And I don't even have a keel. 
I could probably get one somewhere. Yes. Is um, giving ourselves a hard time or continuing to spend part of making friends with ourselves? Yes, and it's also part. It's also part of uh, rebuilding the ego, shoring up the ego. They're not separate. That's why it's so hard. That's why it's so challenging because we look for a result. We look for a credential to let us know that we're doing uh, okay. So that's why I'm here. You come and say, am I doing okay? And I say, yes, keep going. There's no, it's not that there aren't some signs along the way that help us a little bit, but not as much as we might desire more. Is there a difference between Buddhahood and egohood? Same. Same. You can't find a polarity that isn't the same. I mean, it's differentiated, but it's the same. It would have to be. Otherwise, we're what leaving something out and we're getting somewhere. That's more of a theistic approach. You know, don't let's keep hell down there. You know, down there in the devil and hell, and keep the polarity going. The bad guys, the the people who are teaching the wrong things in school. Sometimes, or you'll translate samyak as complete. Thorough. Is Buddhahood a kind of samyak egohood? Um, well, you can use ego. It's just that there, there's a there's a, a central idea that that looks like it looks pretty solid. So ego does, but it's unreal, real and unreal. That's also another polarity. Is there a further question uh, in here? First of all, anyone in here? Eric, do you have anything? Eric Bowing. How is uh, failure related to an enlightened society? So uh, failure is a big word, so it can relate to lots of different things. But uh, looking at any kind of uh, polarization where you were doing this and you and somehow you failed, that just that should be included as as part of the situation rather than something that should not have happened. That somebody made a mistake. We need to fix that. More. It's a good area for questions. In Eric, <clears throat> I I wondered about the area of we need to have a willingness to fail. That's part of it, and um. Louder, please. Again. Have a willingness to fail. Question. I'm not sure. How, I guess how do we relate to failure? Just fail. Just fail. So the teaching of the Chungpur and Bajay that I quoted a few times, and I don't even know if I have this correct, but it's I can relate to it. Path to awakening is one failure after another until the final, or one disappointment after another, which is failure, uh, until the final one, which is enlightenment or awakening itself, because you do not get anywhere. It's it's it 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 makes it difficult to recognize it if we're still looking for a credential. And Buddha Dharma or awakened truth, as it was taught by my teacher. 
uh, is without credentials. There's no proof of anything. Go ahead. Eric Bowing. I'm wondering about the credential of failure as well. Yeah, yeah. no proof. The ego would get that because it will settle for anything, even failure. If ego gets to be around, at least I'm the one who failed, I can't get it. One of the things we'll find hear ourselves saying to our, ourselves, if we're uh, picking on ourselves a little bit, is, there I go again. You can't help but have those self-centered thoughts, or there I go again, I just can't seem to get rid of, blah, blah, blah. And the whole idea of getting rid of something is it just, it, it doesn't work because the very dynamic of the world that we're in is polarized. And if we join one side against another at all, then you're at, it might be a tiny skirmish, but you're at war. So don't join, don't reject, don't ignore, well, including failure. You might say that you know, a success and failure are the same thing. You'd say it that way, like, mm -hmm. Eric Bowing, does that relate to the um, Part Sutra mantra, the falling apart, falling yes. apart? Is that the same thing? Is that what you're asking? Or how does it relate to that? The, the falling apart. So falling apart is disappointing. It's failure. Uh, what I had is my structure of me and my life and who I am and where I'm going and my credentials, how valuable I am. Or oh, I'm not doing so good over here, but I'm doing pretty good here. So I guess I'm uh, somewhat humble about who I am and where I'm going. Oh, but the falling apart is if you're coming apart you're not you're not going to know it's falling apart so much that you really don't know who you are where you're going what this is about and you're from the point of view of ego you're a failure because you can't main uh you can't maintain a peaceful mind failing it i'm failing at doing that i'm constantly having difficulty and but like I say, uh, or like I have said, and I think I said a few moments ago, if you realize what this is, you won't care how you feel. Didn't I say that? I mean, when I say don't care, I'm not saying you don't, I don't care. So I'm, you know, screw it. I'm not going to care how I feel. I'm just going to charge ahead. I'm not saying that. You actually will feel that, and but you will not have a position on it because your understanding of dependent origination is with your heart. It's not with your thinking process. We start out by doing dependent origination, of course, with our thinking process. We have to, you have to think about that, that singularity, uh, there can't really be a singularity, even intellectually, conceptually, because one, something can't exist just by itself. It has to be with everything else. You can't have a human being without a mom and a dad and grandparents. You just might say, well, of course, that's our family, but look at it closely. Those are, those are, the illusion that there's singularity happening there is overwhelming. The, uh, the, uh, the illusion that there's a singular person up here is teaching. There is no one here. <laughs> there's somebody, but it's not. If there's somebody here, then not real. And it, I'm not going to go the other direction and say, I don't care what happens and the whole place can come apart or I'm not going to help or be supportive. No, I'm going to do my very best to create as, as I understand it, with the help with everybody's help, everybody here, everybody out there who is interested in your help as a community, as a Sangha, let's work together to create an enlightened society. Uh, even if it's a tiny one, even if it's a, uh, a little dot in the, you know, you say in lower Michigan, but you could also say people are all over the map here in Canada and in Florida and in uh, Iran with Naveed, who was a long ways away. So work together to 
to do this. Question? It doesn't have to show up as a result so much as it needs to show up as your intention, your vow, if you received uh, formally or just you just do this because it seems correct. The vow to be with all things. The 16 precepts are what we use. You might use something else. You might uh, return to the, the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha for refuge. Or maybe not at all. I don't know. But if you're continuing to return to training the mind, sitting meditation, even if it isn't exactly how I teach, you're doing something. We'll do this together we'll, um, and might take uh, quite a bit of time. And when I go, just keep, I die, that's why I just keep going. Uh, we'll do this together. We'll work on it together. Community, community, Sangha. Sangha is so important. It was not disregarded by Trung Parampache, but uh, I, I feel that it would have been more helpful had he started a monastery as I'm doing. Of course, I'm going to think I'm right. And, but I was born here. So, so I, should I write a book called Born and, you know, Born? I think that's already been done, isn't it? The movie. The USA, Born in the USA. Isn't that a movie? You young people don't remember that? Hmm. Bruce Spring, Springsteen. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, good thing I can't sing. Is there a final question or a, moving along here on time? Final question. Goes on. Do you have any other questions? I like your questions. You said you can't sing. I've heard you sing. You can sing. <laughs> there, I lied again. Yeah, I'm a great singer. Will you sing? Uh, if it weren't for this thing, I'd be, I'd be cutting records and stuff. I'd be, I'd be singing with, uh, I'd be singing with with Takudo. He could teach me how to sing. Of course, his brother Aaron, he tried to teach me how to sing and 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 how to play the guitar, and it didn't work out too well. So maybe I should just don't give up my day job. <laughs> Kelly. Climbing, do you have a, anything to ask? Just thought I'd pick on you. Kelly Bowling, no, but thank you for this talk today. I've been trying to formulate a question around our talks about enlightened society, and just thank you for talking about this with us, Bowling. Welcome. Thank you for joining. Thanks to everyone here. <clears throat> who has uh, we have 44 windows open so that's a uh, uh, three of them i think are ours right in here in the zendo but uh, there's a lot of people from different places you can zip over here and see who's not got their picture on so there's uh oh people are disappearing right and left so there, no there's no uh, kenzan warren uh, Seto, sent and kanbai ho there's a team uh, so Grenon Shoka, Nishikai, Nicole, and Maya, that family seems to be in, uh, increasing in um, height. Elizabeth, Edmund, Brian, Dina, Shisho has disappeared. Naisho, Deb, I can't name everybody here because it was just, and then I always forget where I, if I've named, called you or not. That would be doable. Final question for me. Cayenne Bowing. Go ahead. 
Um, I'm curious about the way that Trungpa Rinpoche kind of overlaid British aristocracy over and how that contrasts with enlightened society bowing. So his, his ideas, I think he was trying to align himself with the West in some way. And he happened to like uh, the British aristocracy and the whole, the whole uh, Royal family thing. Yeah. He was trying to do that with uh, the Mukpo clan, uh, his own uh, family situation. And I, I just feel like he probably felt, I don't know, I didn't talk to him about it, probably felt that was a, a better structure than the one we have uh, in the West. We should go back to having kings and queens, which he, I think even the Sakyong was having his students call him uh, your majesty. Wasn't that true? Somebody, I think there was something on I'm not interested in that. I think that's a, a little bit of that is good. We have to have some respect for the, the teaching person, uh, maybe separate them out a little bit, but not, it doesn't have to be, it should be different with each person rather than have some kind of a, a standard that everybody has to come in and bow and everybody has to do this and everybody, I don't, I don't think that's workable. And I could say it this way, in the West or in this society, it's too crazy. Um, it's it's not a medieval uh, society anymore like it was when all that came about. Uh, so uh, just like uh, his uh, his uh, forming an army or the the, the Dorje Kasong, which I did not like, uh, criticized uh, at the time back in the seventies, and I was uh, told right away, well, this isn't the military, and, that, and I says, well, it looks like it to me. I was in the military, and it looks like the military, and they said, oh no, no, this is much different. And so I thought, well, I'll give it the benefit of the doubt. And what I did is I joined and I was part of that for 20 years. I didn't do this every day, but I was involved when a teacher came to visit in Chicago. I functioned as a, whatever, a driver or an escort or something to, to, and I think it it was workable to some extent, but the military part of it seemed to be getting stronger and stronger. I really don't know where it's at now, but not a good idea. Uh, just not. And you you could come back and say, well, well, yeah, but how would we protect ourselves without Bradley fighting vehicles or atomic bombs? Or, you know, what if somebody bombed us? I mean, it's, um, yeah, this it's difficult. But this is because it is a landslide that's, it's, it's in slow motion because it looks like it's in time. But it's a landslide of otherness that is slowly covering us up with uh, ignorance. And start now. So that you see who you are, you see your, so you understand in your consciousness that you're not separate from anything. You're not separate from the worst thing that's ever been done, or the best thing that's ever been done. And if you think you are, then then that individuality will continue to grow into a strong ego, a strong self, uh, which are, or you could say um, a really strong self-esteem. There's lots of positive words for that. So with with one who is Awakened, there is no self-esteem because there's no self, no need for that kind of a thing. There's no need for hope. Hope is about something else. That's uh, the that's the other part of the path that sometimes things things seem hopeless. That's a good sign that you're on the right track. But it's not it's not uh, it's not negativity. That's a different approach. That's actually grasping at the hopelessness and making that a credential so that you can be this poor hopeless person who can't get anywhere, who might as well just, uh, um, you know, book.
or leave if you want to use that word. Leave is okay. Okay, I don't see any more questions, do I? No? We're down to 41, so people are starting to leave. So that's <laughs> probably a good sign. So, okay, we can go ahead and close. Thank you so much for attending and for your questions and for your attention for just attending. It means a lot to me, and I know it does too, this Sangha. You're part of this Sangha if you want to be. Hi, my name is Shoto, and I am a monk at Sokokoji, where I am committed to training my mind under the guidance of my teacher, Sokozan. We rely on your support for much of what we offer here. This includes building projects to create space for full-time and part-time practice residents. Thank you for your help.